0: Hello and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Praise the Lord. Listen on the inside. Somebody's waiting for you to save their life faith in God will save someone's life even your friends people you know you don't know what's going on Ask the whole, when I was on the floor tonight I said oh God help me to help more people that's all I care about I'm ready to go home people but Anna and Caroline get real upset with me when I say that no, you're not. You're not going home. Well, I said, well, I can't live forever. What do you think? I'm going to live 200 till you get married and have kids. And you could say we're ready. I could say I'm ready. I got ready. nothing to go
1: back to the house for. I got you nothing.
0: No, you can have somebody could come get my big screen TV, which is the only luxury I have because I like, you know, that's, that's my only luxury. You Because there's nothing you can watch hardly anymore. I'm down to like five channels. <laughs> But that's what your whole life is about. It's about helping others. And, 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 and parents, don't ignore your kids and, and, and husbands and wives. Don't ignore each other and just think, well, we got it made. We're good. They're doing this. I'm doing that. We're good. No, no, no. Let them know how much you care. Do something with them. Tell everybody, hold the fort. Hold the, hold the text. Hold everything. My husband and I are going out tonight. Or send in the kids and we'll stay home. (laughs) That's what Lois and Ray want to do with me. For those of you who don't know, she lives with us. People are saying, what do you want to do for your 45th anniversary? And I thought, well, maybe the three of us could go to Alaska. And Lois and Ray are like, ain't going to happen. I'm like, well, will somebody take me there with you? We're going to send her down to Angela. Maybe I could go with England. Edward and Angela. I think they would there take me. I don't think they would care. Carol would take me. Oh, Carol will take me. Praise the Lord. I got somebody who wants to be with me. Uh, I know you all think we just, you know, oh, so glamorous, and this is so, you know, we travel and do all this. It's not that glamorous. The glamorous thing is when we see your faces and we see the change in your life. That to us It's worth it Worth being away from our families Worth missing all the, the funerals And all the, 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 the weddings And all the birthdays And everything that we miss Missing being with them all the time It's worth missing all that When we look at you When we see, when we see Brittany When we see you and things have happened It's worth it It's worth it all And it'll be worth it all When we see Jesus Go ahead, the Lord. That Baptist song, It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. That You know that song? I thought you were Steve. <laughs> I was going to give you the mic, but no, I'm not giving it to you now. I saw Praise who the Lord. Was. He, ain't, he ain't taking the mic. He ain't sitting. Praise the Lord. I was in my room this afternoon
1: reading some things and I wrote this down I think somebody here needs to hear it. Um, maybe there's things you've begun you haven't finished and you've just been tempted to quit. Or maybe, you know, you, you something got too hard. Or maybe you got something happens you didn't expect or whatever. And you say, you think it's because of what happened. It's a problem that I have. And this is, I wrote this down. The most important issue in your life is not the problem you have, but how you respond to the problem. And I wrote, the biggest issue isn't the problem. It's the person who has the problem. Changing the way you react to the problem is more important than the problem. Just trying to ring your bell. Because somebody in here, and you, you just are so aware of what's happened to you that it's keeping you from something that God has asked you to do. And the biggest issue in your life how did, I, I just wrote it down this afternoon. The biggest issue it isn't the problem; it's the person who has the problem. Changing the way you react to the problem is more important than the problem. I mean, we got we we had we got a new van about two years ago. Not quite. Almost two years. Uh, new year's. Two years in de- yeah December. And uh, before we got this new van, there's this road that when we drive to the airport, it was just so terrible. I mean, the road would just, you know, you just jar all over the place. And so it was just always a challenge. Well, we got our new van and we went over the same road and Cindy didn't even know we were going over the road. She was always the one to slow down, slow down, slow down. And I thought to myself, you know, really, we thought the problem was the road, but it really wasn't the road. It was the van was the old van. It wasn't the road and we just needed a new van to go over the same road. And sometimes you think, well, it's just this, 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 road I'm on. No, it's really not the road. It's the person who's on the road. You just need a new way of thinking about the road and you'll be surprised how easy that road can be. Hallelujah. Somebody had said, life is, is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you react to it. Now, most of us think life is 90% what's happened to me, and we act accordingly. But it's really, it's 10%, you know, that's the reason I just wrote this down. That's the reason that instead of Corey Tim Boom becoming a... Uh, a, a person whose life was filled with revenge and she had every reason in the world to be a revengeful person. Her father, her brother, and her sister were all died or murdered because of being betrayed by someone when she was trying to help them. But instead of the reason that she was not a person who was filled with revenge and hate and just marked a survivor of a concentration camp instead Her life is marked The words that her life is marked by Are victory and the love of God Why do you think that happened? Because she found out That what God had done for her Was greater than anything That had ever been done to her And she began to respond in her life According to her problems According to what God said about it Instead of according to what the world would try The world hopes that you'll become a product of something that they can use to make you what they want you to be. But God delivers you from that. And so it's not about the problem you have. It's how you respond to that problem. And this is really... I don't know how far I want to go with this, but I'm going to read you a few things here. Billy Graham made this statement, and I don't even know where I read this, but he said, the the way in which we react to hurts and disappointments influences the shaping of our personality. The way in which we react to hurts and disappointments influences the shaping of our personalities. You know what? Romans 12 says it like this. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be shaped into the plastic mold of this world. The Bible says, Uh, The Bible says in one translation, Romans 12, he says, do not be conformed or shaped into the plastic mold of this world, but be transformed, be transformed, change, literally alter your outward appearance by the renewing of your mind. You say, what does that mean? That means instead of thinking about the problem, the way the world or someone else tells you to think about it. Think about it the way God says. That's, it's just simply that. Do you know why I'm here today? Instead of probably, I, I, you don't even, you wouldn't even want to know me. It's because I chose to believe God's word. The reason I did not become the product of the hurt and the pain and the disappointment that life had affected me. And listen. Everybody in here, you may think, oh, I don't have any, you know, my life, I'm good. We got all our bills paid for. My husband's making money. Well, let me just tell you something. I'm just telling you something. This world is not heaven. It's filled. The Bible says in this world, you will have trouble. And you say, well, I've never had it yet. Well, the, the truth is I'm not a prophet, but you, you've either had trouble, you're in trouble, or you're headed for trouble. You say, well, don't tell me that. Oh, listen. The Bible says Jesus said in this world, you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Listen, just go ahead and shout the victory because the devil's hoping you won't. If he can shut you up, if you, you then you will just let him talk. But if you shut him up, then you will get what you believe instead of what he's saying to you. Hallelujah. But anyway, I just, uh, uh, so I was uh, reading some things about this. Um, what you know about what God says is directly connected to the will of God in your life. And years ago, many years ago, we were in a church in uh, on the East Coast, and uh, a man who was a... Um, Mentor, contemporary of Smith Wigglesworth Was preaching there His name was George Stormont Maybe you've heard of him He was uh, uh, over here He actually came here to America to preach Smith Wigglesworth told him That you will help bring revival The last day revival to America The beginnings of the last day revival To America The beginnings And we were in that service In fact, we were asked to sing with him and so we were in that service, and I, I wish I could remember how many years ago. It has to be 40, 35, 35, 40. And the sermon that he preached on that Sunday morning in that church somewhere on the East Coast, I never forgot. It impacted my life. I know it had a... a uh, it it was one of those words. It wasn't what he said. It's what the Holy Ghost, I couldn't comprehend at the time. It was to help me to be able to deal uh, with the um, issues that I would face if I was saying yes to the will of God. And it did help me with that. And it ain't over yet. But It was a a, a sermon that he gave, uh, and it came out of Exodus uh, chapter 3. And in Exodus chapter 3, Moses is talking. Well, God is talking to Moses. Moses is talking to God. And you could say he's having, this is his first. Now, Moses became a man who talked to God face to face but this is his first conversation. I don't, there's not another one recorded that I'm aware of. Uh, before this, we just read about how that he was, you know, as a, as a little baby, he was put into a, um, uh, whatever, a basket and floated down the river. And, and, you know, then he, uh, had his, he grew up and he was raised by, uh, Pharaoh's, uh, in his house and he daughter, and he was, uh, he learned all the Egyptian ways. In fact, when they saw him, they thought he was Egyptian and he, uh, but he was, uh, really, he, he killed, uh, someone he, that was, uh, messing with the people of God because he, you know, he thought that they would think, know that he was their deliverer, but they didn't. I mean, he got, he got freaked out over it and he ran away. And for 40 years, he's been on the backside of the desert tending his father's sheep. And so he's out here, uh, walking the sheep path. And I don't know what his daily thoughts are, but I don't, I have a feeling that he's not intending on going back to Egypt, but the Bible says that the time, it says in Exodus uh, chapter 3, when God it was talking to, them, uh, talking to Moses, he says to him in, um, in verse 7, he says, I have heard, surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry because of their taskmaster. I know their sorrow. I've come down to deliver them. And bring them up from that land To a good large land Flowing with milk and honey And he goes on uh, and talks about different people there Now therefore verse 9 Behold the cry of the children of Israel Has come to me And I have also seen the oppression With which the Egyptians Oppressed them Come now therefore I will send you to Pharaoh That you may bring my people The children of Israel Out of Egypt Listen to this what he is telling him is he says to him that the time has come for deliverance and you're the person I'm calling, I'm sending. Now, This is interesting in Acts 7 when it talks about this time, uh, Stephen who was being stoned at the time. He goes through and chronicles how God's plan worked through different people. And he talks about how that it became through Abram, a childless old man who was as good as dead. But Abraham believed God and became a father of innumerable. The Bible says God told him to go out and count the stars in the sky if you can Or count the sand on the seashore. He said go ahead and try to comprehend something that is incomprehensible. Is that the right word to you? Something that you can't, you don't have the ability to do. Go and look at that. And that's the only way you can understand what I want to do with you. You understand what I'm saying? And so Stephen is being stoned. He's counting that, you know, showing them. uh, And he's talking to him about all of these things that that kept going through. Not just it didn't stop with Abraham. It went through Isaac and Jacob. And he says, and then uh, uh, Jacob, who was uh, Joseph's father, uh, Joseph, remember Joseph, who, who his brothers tried to kill him and dumped him in a well. And then he got sent and he got to became a servant. And then he got put in prison. And then he got forgotten about. And then he had all these things happen to him. But he ends up being the one who keeps everybody alive and and Stephen is talking about all these people how that God's uh, a plan of working and bringing people out of bondage and deliverance and using people and Joseph I mean he had some problems would you say but it wasn't about if he had the problem it's how he responded to it Hallelujah. And so here's, uh, so he comes down and he's talking. I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but Joseph, uh, he comes, he keeps going about how, uh, that, that Joseph came and then it gets to verse 17. But when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt till another king arose who did not know Joseph. This man dealt treacherously with people, oppressed our forefathers, their babies so they may not live. So the time of the promise, see, God had made a promise. I'm bringing you out. And the time of the promise was drawing near. And at the same time that the promise was drawing near, there was a man named Pharaoh who was having all the little boys, uh, 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 little Jew boys killed. And the Bible says in verse 20 of Acts 7 At this time, Moses was born. At this time, Moses was born. I like what the Amplified Bible says. It was at this critical time that Moses was born. Now, you can see everything that's wrong with today, or you can look through all of it and see a promise from God that he has said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. Young men are, um, young men will dream dreams. Old men will have something. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will have vision. And he said, I'll pour out my spirit and it will come to pass that whoever calls." on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is the promise from God for this hour. And at just a critical moment in human history, you were born. I said at this critical moment in history, you were born. Yes, it was a critical moment with Moses, but I want you to know, today the Bible says, and I like it in Acts 17, verse 26. He says, God has set the boundaries of people and nations, determining, the Passion Translation says, determining their appointed time in human history. Appointed by God. You say, this is the place. You say, there's so many things wrong here. It's not about what's wrong. Lots of things going wrong when Moses was born. Didn't look like a good time to be a little baby boy born to a Jewish woman. Every little baby Jewish boy born was being killed. And at just this critical moment, Moses was born. Woo! Come on now. Come on now, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit back and just listen to the music like they wanted him to do with Daniel? Or what are you going to do? Say, I will not bow and I will not burn. Oh, glory to God. So, this critical moment, I'm telling you, Moses, he ended up being the person who appeared with Elijah in the transfiguration of Jesus in Matthew 17. But he didn't start off that way. I said he didn't start off that way. You want to know how he started when God first started talking to him? It really helped me to understand uh, the way to navigate through the things, the roadblocks that try to keep you from obeying God. He said to him, in as as God as as, as God had told Moses, He said, "It is time. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out." Oh, glory to God. Moses said to God, this is what he says first. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh uh, and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I that I should take up this assignment? He is saying, who Do you understand what's happening? Maybe he was thinking that. Do you understand what I've done? Maybe he was thinking that. Do you understand how hard the job will be? Maybe he was thinking that. I don't know what he was thinking, but it would say, uh, you know, you could say this. It's not unusual to feel that way. It's a natural way to feel overwhelmed, but you, because, uh, or you could say it's natural to feel inadequate. Because you are inadequate unless you go in the strength of God. Did you hear me? I said, you you say, I feel inadequate. You should feel inadequate without an awareness of God and his promise. The only part of you that should give you any confidence is the part of you that knows the promise of God. If you have any confidence in anything else, that's What's helping, that's what's keeping it from happening. We have, the Bible says, we can boast in nothing. We have nothing to boast in. Of him, 1 Corinthians 1 says, are we in Christ Jesus, who God made to be for us, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. God is the one who made Jesus to be For us, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So it is written, if anyone is going to boast, let him only boast of what the Lord has done. Come on. You can get real bold with the devil when you know what the Lord has done. When you know what the Lord has done. I'm telling you that's what God's looking for And when Moses uh, When Moses says to God Who am I that I should go I love what God says to him He said I will I've got the new King James I will certainly be with you Hot dog brother That's like if you're walking through a minefield And you see footprints Step in them Hey He said I will certainly be with you I like what One Bible commentary, I think it was Tyndall said here, God is talking about his presence being with Moses and with Israel. Moses is saying, who am I that I should go to which God responds by saying, surely I will be with you. The point is not just his eternal existence, but it is that he is present with his people. He is present with his people. You say, who am I that I should go? You are the child of the almighty God redeemed by the blood of Jesus forgiven eternally, eternal redemption by his blood. And it is your moment, a critical moment in human history and you are here. Now what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? God doesn't tell Moses how, he doesn't try to prop him up and tell him, Oh, Moses, you just, you know, you're the best of all the bunch. You're the one, you're the most talented person I can find. It has nothing to do with Moses' inability, his ability, or his inability. It has everything to do with who God is. Oh, there's some big things God's asking some people to do today. He says, I will be with you. I like it. You could say it's the Romans 8, 31. We have a New Testament promise. He says, if God is for you, who can be against you? I forget which translation it is. I didn't write it down. If God has determined to stand with us, tell me who then could ever stand against us? Mic drop. Mic mic stand drop. I'm not going to drop the mic. has determined to stand with us. Tell me, who then could ever stand against us? The kings of this land plot, oh, and they plot vain things against the Lord and against his Christ, Psalms 2 says, but he who sits in the heavens laughs. We don't disrespect anyone, but I only bow my knee. To Jesus. The key was not Moses ability, but God's. In fact, look at this verse here. Am I going too slow? Y'all okay? Listen, I won't be too much longer, but listen, I want you to get this. You got to get some, because I'm telling you, if you know what God's word said, it will carry you through some places in life that will come. But if you remember, it's not what happens. It's how you react to it. You say, if this hadn't happened to me, I'd be different. No, it's not about that. Lots of people had worse things than that happen to them. And they became stalwart, strong ministers of the word of the living God. Why? Because they chose to respond with God's word. And you can too. The key was not Moses' ability, but God's. In fact, I love this. If you read verse 12, he says, I will certainly be with you, and this will be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Notice, I have it circled in my Bible. When you bring the people out. He doesn't say, if you bring them out. He says, when you bring them out. He doesn't say, man, Moses, you know, (laughs) I got my head, I'm, you know, like he's on the, you know, in the stands watching the show going, oh, uh, can I peek? Is he going to? No, as far as God's concerned, as far as God's concerned, Ephesians 2.10 says we are God's own handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has before ordained for you to walk in them. God has already been where you're going. And he put something good there. For you to do. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. So the key was not Moses' ability. It was God's ability. It didn't matter what the issue was. I mean, think about it. Moses had to face the king of the land. And 10 times he said no. But 10 times Moses said yes. Because God said yes. Pharaoh said, no, it wasn't. You say, well, why did he go 10 times? Cause he said no 10 times. However many times it gets, it's not about how hard it is. It's not about whether, how long it takes. It's not about whether or not, you know, it worked out like you planned. You just stay with it till the end. Hold fast to your confession of faith without wavering. For he is faithful who has promised. Come on," he said. "Hold faster!" and he said, "For we don't have a, 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 a what do you call it? A, 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 who who? A, 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 what do you call it? We don't have a." Advocate, We don't have someone, a high priest who, who, you know, is just, who has not, who has not aware of what he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He said, so come boldly to the throne of grace and receive mercy as receive help in time of need. Come boldly and get it. He's been where you're going. He'll give you the help. Hold fast to your confession and come to him and he'll help you to keep what he has promised to you. That's Hebrews 4, for those of you who don't know. He says, so, he says uh, to him, I haven't gotten very far, have I? I will be with you. Oh, but what is, then Moses says to him, I'm going to hurry here. I'll just figure this, I'll just say this as quick as I can. Then Moses says to God, when I come to the children of Israel and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? When they ask me who you are, I love this answer. What will I say to them? He says, and God says to Moses, tell them I am that I am. Say to the children of Israel I am has sent you Thus you shall say to the children of Israel The Lord God of your fathers The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob Has sent me to you This is my name forever And this is my memorial To all generations God said to Moses The Lord God, the God of your fathers Abraham, Isaac and Jacob Has sent me to you And by this name I I will be remembered in every generation. He said, Moses, this is not something that's temporary. This is an eternal plan of the Almighty God that you are bowing your knee to. And his name forever. He was, he said, I will be remembered. Forever. There's a lot of things I could say that I'm going to move on I am who I am In all subsequent history Tyndall's commentary said God would be known as the one Who brought Israel out of Egypt The revelation of that name is not merely a deep theological truth It is a call to the response of faith By Moses and Israel Oh come on It's not just a theological truth It is a call to faith For Moses to rise up and say I will declare who you are In this generation In this time You are who you say you are And today he is who he says he is And that same memorial is established In every generation Oh, glory to God. Oh, God told Moses, I am the Lord. He said in Exodus 6, 2 and 3, I'm the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. I did not my, reveal myself to them by my name, the Lord. I'm the Lord God Almighty. Oh, I got to skip over that. Uh, suppose I go to the Israelites and, and, and okay, let me get down here. In verse 4, and he so he's going to them and he gets over here in chapter 4. I'll skip this. Moses answered and he says, Suppose they will not believe me Or listen to my voice Suppose they say The Lord has not appeared to you Now you got to remember I'm sitting there listening To George Stormont talk about The presence of God Changing the life of a man named Moses And the questions that filled his life Who am I? What shall I say to them? Who am I that I should go? What shall I say to them? What if they don't believe me. If you don't think you'll ever have those questions in the will of God, you're wrong. But the way you answer them will determine your next step. What if they don't believe me? I love what he did. God. uh, When when he said, what if they don't believe me? What did God tell him to do? I'm just telling you the best way to learn about God is obey him. Say, I just need some more lessons. No, you just need to live what you know. Did you hear me? The best way to learn about God is to obey him. You don't even know what the lesson is until you do something about it. And here is Moses saying, what if they don't believe me? I mean really if I do this You really want me to do this And God says to him throw down your stick And he takes it up you know And then he becomes a serpent And then he puts it back down And then it becomes a, uh, it becomes a, a, a stick again And then he sticks his hand inside His uh, uh, coat or whatever And he pulls it out and it's leprous And then he puts it back in And he pulls it back out And it's white as snow And to me what God is telling him Is Moses I will take What is no ordinary And I will make it extraordinary. I will do a supernatural work. I will do in you by the power of God. I will enable and cause things to change that you could never change. Hallelujah. I said God will change things that are unchangeable by his supernatural work. His work is always accompanied by the supernatural. You cannot do the will of God without the supernatural intervention of God. You can't learn enough to do the will of God. Paul said, I did not come to you with excellency of speech. I did not come to you with human wisdom and excellency of my speech. But he said, I came to you in demonstration of the power of God and something else. And I can't think of it right now off the top of my head. But I came to you. In demonstration, in other words, he said, my message is not based on my knowledge. It's based on God's ability. And that's what Moses is finding out as he walks into what God is asking him to do. And he says to him, oh God, he says, "It's." In, 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 so he gets down here in verse 10 of, of, of chapter four. And he says to him, Moses says to the Lord, oh my Lord, he's Southern, I am not eloquent, Neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. In other words, Moses is trying to figure a reason, give God a reason why he cannot be used by God. Have you ever done that? You give yourself a reason. Moses is very aware of his inabilities, but he's about to become more aware of God's ability. I like what, Uh, Hudson Taylor said, most Christians estimate difficulties in the light of their own resources and thus attempt little and often fail in the little they attempt. All God's giants have been weak men who did great things for God because they reckoned on his power and presence within them. In other words, he's saying, uh, Moses, uh, when, when when Moses says, you know, I, I can't speak well, uh, God says to him, Who made your mouth? Who made the mute, the deaf, the seeing, the blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, and I will teach you what to say. The answer to your problem is to understand that God will give you what you need. If he's going, you got him. Hallelujah. You, I like my New Testament scripture for this issue in life is Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. If you don't know what it says, I, I encourage you to, to learn it by reason of use. Do you know what I mean by that? It's like your address. You know where you live. Why? Because you go there often. When I moved, it took me a while to to know where my, uh, you know, we had a lot of turns and we we kind of, you know, I went, oh, I get turned around. I don't get turned around anymore. You want to know why? Because I live there. I go there often. It's where I sleep. It's part of my daily routine. Well, that's what I'm talking to you with Philippians 2.13. Make it something you know by reason of use. What does he say in Philippians chapter 2, 13? It is God who is at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So what's God doing in me? God's at work in you. What is God doing? When God moved into you, he moved into you and put into you what is ever necessary for you to do his good pleasure. That's what he's doing in you. He's not just in you just hanging. He's in you actively equipping and making you able to do his will. God, who is at work in you. He really is at work in you. I like uh, 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 this. I'll just read you this excerpt from Rick Renner. Rick, uh, he he was, uh, you know, expounding on this verse. And he says, in every moment. This word, when he says, you know, it's a present active participle and all that. You don't want to hear that, though. It means every moment God is releasing his divine power to change you. There is never a second that God isn't working deep in our hearts, souls, and character to bring us forth as more mature sons and daughters of God to be more like him. He said, furthermore, God knows that we cannot change ourselves. So, the moment we surrender to the Lordship of Christ, it triggers a release of power, a supernatural flow of divine energy to bring forth changes to make us more like Him. Hallelujah! Oh, glory to God! Come on, somebody! to God. He said, you just can't use me. I got a problem. God said, I'll work in you and make you what you need to be. There is a call out through the land. Oh, deliverance. Oh, God, is there anyone who can set me free? And God is answering that cry. He is at this critical moment in human history. He has brought you to this place so that you, you know more than most people know about God and Jesus. And if you don't know very much, what you know is what you step out on. You say, I'm waiting till I'm better. No, no, you don't get better. Until you do something with what you got. Did you hear me? I'm telling you, you don't get more until you do something with what you got. This is my 44th year of ministry, and I learned that if you don't give what you got, you don't get any more. Give what you got. Give what you got because God will take it and make it what it needs to be. And every time you give, the Bible says, actually, when you read that verse, give and it shall be given unto you, it's really not talking about money, although it applies. It's talking about you. Give and it shall be given unto you. Ooh, it's talking about what you do. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Oh, glory to God. Give what you got. And you'll get some more. Praise the Lord. Also, oh, one last thing. And this pretty much, pretty much a lot of people stop here. But this is what he says. In verse 13, the last thing he said after, Who am I that I should go? What shall I say to them? What if they don't believe me? Oh, but God, I have this problem. And then he ends up saying what many have said that makes God angry. Oh, my Lord, he said in verse 13, please send someone else. Send someone else. I don't know if you realize it or not, but there's a time limit on your obedience. Did you hear me? And when he said, send someone else, the Bible says, God was angry with Moses because he knew it was the time. It was not time to back off. It was time to press in. It was not time to be quiet. It was time to speak up. And so God pro- told him, you know, I'll give Aaron to help you. And I'll, you know, this was going to happen. I believe it was going to happen anyway. But then it says, I love that it gets down to verse 18 and it says to, and Moses goes to his father and law and he said, I've got to go return to my brethren in Egypt. And Jethro says to Moses, go. I don't know what happened between 13 and 18, but Moses, it's like, this is my time to go. And I'm here to tell you, church, it's your time to go. It's your time to go. You say, I'm 60. You're not dead yet, are you? Are you? Come on. Come on. Come on. You say, what can I do? Well, I would encourage you if you're not a part of a local church to become strongly connected with a local church because the plan of God today, just like Noah built an ark, just like uh, Abraham built an altar, just like Moses uh, built the nation, Jesus came and said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. He said things are about to change and God's plan in this hour is for you, Christian. It's connected to and a part of the local church. But I can tell you what won't work with God is send someone else. That's not what you want to say because it's your day to believe God. It's your hour. And I, I, do you have that video That I gave to you. Was that a thumbs up? Okay. Um, I, I just have a sense that there's some people who don't realize how passionately God wants to help you. How much he cares for you. And no matter what's happened, he will not let go of